Good evening. It's great to, to be here. As always, anytime we're able to be together, like it says on the screen, it's good to, to be here. I'm reminded of um, the late Ernie Smith. He used to say something along those lines of whenever you do the Sunday night announcements that it's good to gather with those of like precious faith, something along those lines. Um, and he was right. It's always good to gather together with those of like precious faith, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Because on the last Sunday of uh, 2023, I gave a lesson, uh, six resolutions for 2024. And numbers four and five kind of go hand in hand. At least I'm going to gather them together here in this lesson. And it was to not miss worship in Bible class and to be involved with as many church activities as possible. That was number four and five in that list of six resolutions. And so we want to talk about that more tonight, about being here for worship and Bible class and being involved with our uh, congregational activities. And the question I really want us to look at tonight is why? You know, why, why do we gather? Why do we have worship and Bible class and, and church activities? And, and why are they important? Why are these important for us uh, to, to come together, to be here? That's really what I want to examine tonight. So let's just jump right in. I think first and foremost, we need to consider the example of the early church. We in the churches of Christ, our goal is to be like the early church as closely as possible. We want to mimic what we see from the church in, in scripture. And that's, that's kind of our whole premise, what we see in the scriptures. And what we see in the scriptures is that the early church gathered regularly. Yes, on the first day of the week, but even outside of that, they were gathering together. And so we'll, we'll look at that first because, again, we, we want to find a precedent in Scripture. So in first thing I will look at, uh, really kind of considering Sundays, you know, we, we, I guess many of us just probably just come together because it's what we've done is Sunday. We, we gather together for worship. And Sunday has always been an important day. Since the birth of the church, Sunday has been the day that has been so important, set aside for for Christians, it's the day in which Jesus Christ rose from the dead. What better day to gather to worship? The first day of the week. Also, you know, setting that week up to, to start it with worship. But you look in uh, the first patch I want to look at is uh, 1 Corinthians 11. In, in this section of scripture, you know, Paul had to talk a, a, about a lot of different things with the Corinthians. And in chapters 11 through 14, he's really starting to talk about their gatherings when they come together as a church. And in the second half of chapter 11, he's talking about the Lord's Supper, how he does not uh, approve of how they've been handling that. And then 12 through 14, he's talking about the spiritual gifts. And he ends up talking about how uh, worship needs to be done decently and in order. And, and so we see that what he says in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 and 18, he says this, But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you because you come together not for the better, but for the worse, for in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part, I believe it. Now, again, he's, he's about to kind of get on to them for not uh, partaking of the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner. And so he's saying, listen, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, commending you in what you're doing here. But what I want us to notice is what he says, when you come together as a church. And then again, he starts talking about the, the Lord's Supper. So at this early time, 
Christians were already gathering together as a body of believers, as the church. Now, no, this doesn't say that it's the first day of the week in this passage. But again, I just wanted to show you that early on, Christians were gathering together as a church. And Paul was already having to uh, basically correct them for some of the things they weren't doing right in their gatherings together. And that included abusing the Lord's Supper. And that included some things with spiritual gifts. And you can look at that in, in 1 Corinthians 11 through 14. Now, again, uh, we continue looking. There is some passages that mention the first day of the week. Acts 20 verse 7 is one of those um, go-to passages here. Peter, uh, Luke records, on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to leave the next day, and he prolonged his message until midnight. We, we see, again, they're gathering on the first day of the week, the breaking of bread. Many scholars believe that the breaking of the bread here is not just reference to a normal meal. It's the breaking of the bread of the Lord's Supper, the, the breaking of the bread of, of communion, what we did this morning. That's what many scholars believe that's a, a reference to because the church is gathered. Paul then speaks to them. Now, some say, no, you can't prove that this was a gathering of the church to worship. You can't prove that that was the, the Lord's Supper. I found an interesting quote from uh, B.W. Johnson in the People's New Testament. He says this, The early church writers from Barnabas, Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, to Clement of Alexandria, Origen, and Cyprian, all with one consent declare that the church observed the first day of the week. They are equally agreed that the Lord's Supper was observed weekly on the first day of the week. And so these are what a lot of people call the early church fathers. These guys are not, you know, authoritative men, but we still, they're still important leaders in the early church. And it's what I wanted to point out is the fact that they all agree that it's the first day of the week. Every first day of the week, we take of the Lord's Supper. I think we, they get that because that was the New Testament pattern. When they were gathered together, they were going to partake of the Lord's Supper during that worship time. And that carried on and during the times of Justin Martyr and Irenaeus and, and further down the line. And we're still doing it today, right? So these passages, again, show that the church gathered together on the first day of the week. And they were break, really the, the main purpose was to break the bread of the Lord's Supper. Now, uh, another passage that many people point to, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 3 we talked about how last week, and David mentioned a little bit this morning, that Paul wanted to take up a fund for uh, the poor saints in Jerusalem. And he, he tried to get the Corinthians to give to this on multiple occasions. And this was one of the times he was talking to them about this collection. And he says this, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also on the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collections be made when I come. When I arrive, whomever you may approve, I will send them with letters to carry your gift to Jerusalem. On the first day of every week, set aside for this uh, collection. Again, notice the, the emphasis on the first day of the week. I don't want to read too much in the text here, but could it be that Paul suggests, hey, on the first day of every week, collect this contribution because they're already gathering together for worship? Could it be that this is when they were meeting on the first day of the week and this was a convenient time to give? And that's really what we do when we gather on Sunday mornings. We, 
we talk about the contribution or we pray for the contribution and we, we give each week. And so the, the first day of the week was an important day for Christians. Again, it's the day on which Jesus Christ arose. Why wouldn't we want to commemorate that day and set it aside as the day of worship? And that's what we do. Every first day of the week, we gather together to break bread and to, to sing and to pray and to hear a, a message from, from God's word. And it's, it's the best part of the week, I, I, might, I might add. And so I, I think most of us probably understand the importance of Sundays. But I think a lot of people would probably say, well, you know, there's no command to meet on Sunday nights like we're doing now. Or there's no command to meet on Wednesday nights or to have these other church activities. No, there's not a, an ex, like explicit command that says you must meet at Sunday night at 6 or Wednesday at 6.30 or have these church activities. But again, I want to point to the example of the early church that they were getting together regularly. They were with each other frequently. Acts chapter 2. We, I keep going back to this passage a lot. Such an important passage. But Peter preaches this uh, amazing sermon, this gospel sermon, convicting the crowd that they had killed the Messiah and 3,000 people respond. They're baptized and added to the church. And here's what we see uh, from the early church right after these people have been converted. Now, for the sake of time, we can't break down all of this, but I want to point to the things that, point, uh, that show their fellowship and their togetherness. Verse 37, now when they heard that, I'm sorry, not verse 37, verse 42. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Notice a few things here. They were devoted to fellowship. That word in, in the Greek is kinonia or koinonia. And it points to, uh, there's Greek lexicon says, contact, fellowship, and intimacy. And when he's talking about the particular verse here in Acts uh, 2.42, he says the intimate bond of fellowship which unites Christians. They were devoted to that, to the uniting together, that bond of brotherly connection. They were devoted to fellowship. Also notice verse 44, the early church was together and had all things in common. And then notice in verse 46, they were meeting day by day in the temple and they're meeting in each other's homes. So it's not just on Sundays or Wednesdays, it's day by day. They're spending time together. And, and so if anything, we should be getting together even more than we're getting together. Because the, the example of the early church, they were spending time together. They were devoted to, to being together, spending time in each other's homes, spending time in the temple together, spending time worshiping. They were devoted to spending time together. And so I think one of the first reasons we need to point to why we gather, why we have church activities is because we see that the early church was together often. And regularly they were together and we want to mimic that we want to be together as much as possible I know we have busy schedules and things going on but why not get together the early church did it they were spending time together 
And here's the thing, it doesn't necessarily have to be a church sanctioned activity for you to get together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. We can invite each other into our homes. We can go out to eat together. We can spend time outside of this building at another place. We could, we could be doing things together and spending time together. But I do want to focus on when we have the doors open here, when we have a church activity, why not be here? Why not gather together as often as we can for activities and, and serving one another and serving God? We see the early church was together often. And that's why we have these church activities. That's why we have worship and, and, and Bible class, at least one reason. Now, for the rest of the time, I want us to, to look at, I, I think we probably understand this, that, yeah, the early church was together. They worshiped together. They spent time together. But for the rest of the time, I want us to think about what it does for, for us, like the good it does in our lives to gather together. And so looking at uh, number two here, our gatherings give us the opportunity to focus on what's most important. When we come together, the purpose of our every gathering, folks, every worship service, every Bible class, every activity, its focus is to glorify and honor God. That, and if it's not, it should be. Our focus should always be to honor and glorify God. That, that's the utmost important thing is to glorify and honor our Father. And so when we gather together, it gives us a break from the world and we come together and we focus on what's most important. I think David has said this recently, a quote that I don't know who to attribute to, but the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is God. The main thing is to glorify and honor him. And that's what we're trying to do tonight. That's what we, we do with every single thing that we're, we do. Our aim is to glorify him, to give him the praise and the honor. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 22, uh, 36 to 38. Somebody asked him, hey, what, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment this is the greatest commandment if we can't get that down loving God first and foremost we're going to miss everything else everything else is not going to work if we can't get this down loving God first and foremost above everything with all that we've got and that's what the purpose is it should be at least to honor God and come to know him and love him more and so when we come together we get to focus on what's most important. We get to focus on God. We get to draw our attention to him. I've seen this skit many times, uh, the focus on God, focus on God, focus on God skit. And it's, you know, they go through all these different things where people got money and they're like, hey, hey, look at this money, look at this money. But it kind of cuts back to these others who say, no, focus on God, focus on God. And that's what we need to be doing is focusing on God and when we come together, whether it be worship, Bible class, a devo, uh, just a, a fellowship meal, we want to honor our Father. We want to point to Him. And again, it's, it's easy to get distracted outside these walls. When we come together, we get to focus on what's most important. Here's the thing. When we do that, when we focus on what's most important, that's, that's what God wants us to do. We're, we're doing exactly what He's commanded to focus upon him and to put him first and foremost. We get our priorities in line when we gather together. And, and this is the best way to live. And David gave a great lesson several weeks ago about loving God first 
it, it can help us love others better. It helps everything else fall in line. And so that's one of the other reasons why we gather and why it's important to gather because we get to focus on God. We get to honor and glorify him and uh, get our priorities back in, in line. And it's, it's a great thing to start our week this way, worshiping God, thinking about him. And it sets the week up uh, and, and our midweek Bible study. Such a great time in the middle of the week to, again, gather and focus upon our Father who makes it all possible. So that's number two. Number three, our gatherings give us the opportunity to learn and apply Scripture. Every, and this really, uh, I guess, applies mostly to Bible classes and our worship period when we have lessons. Um, but, but even we, we have devos. You know, we had a devo with our young adults the other night. We talk about Scripture. When we come together, we get to learn and apply Scriptures. Basically, every single lesson that we give there's something that we can take away from it. Even if David or I or whoever steps up here doesn't say, hey, here's the application section, there's still something that you can take away from every single lesson. And we should take something away from every single lesson. Isn't that the, the point is what James says in James 1.22? Prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. James is not devaluing hearing the word. That's critical. We must hear the word. We must get into the word. And that's, that's what we do every week in worship and Bible class. We open God's word. We're hearing it. But that has to be coupled with practice. It can't just go in one ear and out the other or in one ear and sit, sit inside of ourselves and not affect our lives outside these walls. No, the point is to take the word of God and to apply it. And when we come together, we have a chance to read the scriptures. We have a chance to examine the scriptures. And we take away things from it. And again, we, we try to point out points of application so that you can easily know, okay, I can take this and apply it. I can take this and use it. Because that's what we want to do. We want to help you apply the scriptures. Not just, just hear it and, and just keep it in. But what can I do with what I've learned? What can I do with what I've studied this morning? And every single time we come together, we're, we're trying to learn and apply the scriptures. And folks, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing as God's people, living by the book, following his commands as closely as possible? And that's what we're trying to do, to learn it and to do it. So we have to hear it, and then we have to, to do it. It's so, so very important when we come together. Now, here's the thing. If we're not here we're missing opportunities to learn and apply scripture. If we're not gathering together for, for worship and Bible class and devotionals and other things, we're missing a great opportunity to open up the scriptures and to find some lessons that we can take with us. And that's so good for us to gather together and study the word of God and learn how to apply it in our lives. And that, that is so good when we get out and actually do things and shine our lights and people see it and it glorifies our Father in heaven. Again, going back to what we talked about in number two, to glorify God. So that's number three. And number four, our gatherings give us the opportunity to encourage and be encouraged by other people. I think Ross mentioned this in his prayer this morning, to encourage and be encouraged. Kind of the go-to passage when you talk about church gatherings and assembling together is Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. But I want to highlight the encouragement part of this passage. The, the Hebrews writer says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, 
for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Evidently, there were some Christians who were making it a habit to abandon or forsake the assembling. All right, this is not just like missing uh, one time, okay? This is something, they're, they're making a habit of not coming together, abandoning gathering together with their brothers and sisters. And the Hebrews writer says, don't do that. Don't make it a habit uh, of doing that. And here, notice what he says here. To encourage one another, to stimulate one another, or spur one another on to love and good deeds. If we're missing our gatherings, if we're making it a habit of not coming together, we're missing an opportunity to encourage somebody and to be encouraged by somebody. Folks, I want us to ask, and this is a, a point of application we can take with us. How often are we looking for opportunities to encourage our brothers and sisters when we come together? How often are we trying to do something to, like Ross said in his prayer this morning, push somebody into some good deed or, or push somebody in loving better or loving more or just encouraging somebody for what they mean to you or, or whatever it may be. How often are we doing that for one another? I think it happens for, for, for many of us. Sometimes I find myself thinking about what can I get out of this or what can somebody do for me when in reality I need to be focused on what I can give. What can I give in worship? What can I give to my brothers and sisters to encourage them, to help them on this path? Folks, life can get us down sometimes. It can be hard. And when we come together, this is a place where we can come and we can encourage one another push one another into love and good deeds because we're on this narrow path together and it can be hard sometimes but God's given us one another to to rely on to encourage one another to to push one another along this way and if we're neglecting our gatherings if we're forsaking the gatherings we're missing that opportunity to encourage and to push one another in this path and so one of my challenges would be, let's encourage one another. When we come together, let's find somebody to encourage. Let's find someone to spur on to love and, and good works. And that's something that we do when we come together is it's an opportunity to encourage and be encouraged. I like what uh, Wes McAdams says about this. He says, did this passage mean the church should meet together, gather together, assemble together? Absolutely. That's what it means to be the church. It means we're a group of people who have been gathered together by Jesus and we make it our custom to gather together regularly to encourage one another and stir each other up to be loving and do good works. It seems a vast exaggeration to accuse someone of abandoning congregational meetings because they were not present one week. Does this mean it's okay for church togetherness to not be a priority in our lives? Absolutely not. Being together with our church family should be of utmost importance to us. I think what he's trying to say is sometimes we, we take this passage and, and somebody misses one Sunday and we kind of attack them with it, but we don't need to really be attacking anybody. Basically, what he's trying to say is we need to make it a priority to be here. And no, missing one Sunday is not necessarily abandoning the uh, assembly, but, get, but, but it starts with one, right? And you miss one and it can get to two and it can get to another one. And what, he's, what I think he's trying to get at is the community of the church, what it means to be the church, to be the body of Christ, and to make it a priority to be together. We, we should never 
decide, you know what, I'm just not going because I just don't want to go. We should desire to be together. It should be a priority of utmost importance for us to gather with our church family and worship together, encourage one another, be together. And so let's make it a priority to be here. Every time the doors are open, every time we have an activity, let's try to be here. I know it's not possible uh, sometimes because we're traveling or because we're sick, and we, under, we understand that type of stuff. But as, as far as it depends on us, let's try to, to be here. Let's, let's try to be involved. And you know what? For many of us, this is probably something we want to do. We want to be here. We want to gather. We want to be a part of the things that we have going on. There's a lot of people who are not, who are not making it a priority to be here. L let me show you uh, some stats as we end. Churchtrack.com says that there's been a steady uh, decline in, in church attendance since the turn of the 21st century. Steady decline. And look at some stats here on this next slide. This, these were kind of staggering, and I, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't even know if uh, these are as accurate or up-to-date, but still, they're eye-opening nonetheless. This is from Gallup and uh, Pew Research. They say 20% of Americans attend church every week. 20%, folks. That means 80% are not attending every single week. I don't know, is it, we're well over 300 million people in the United States. That's a lot of people who are, who are not gathering weekly. 41% of Americans are in monthly church attendance or more. So maybe once a month, maybe two times a month, just 41%. Again, that leaves a lot of, uh, of people who are gathering less than that. And then 57%, folks, of Americans are seldom or never in religious service attendance. And I think this could probably just apply to things like uh, church activities and other stuff, you know, that we're, we're talking about. But 57% of Americans are seldom or never in religious service attendance. And then, again, that last one we've kind of already referenced. Regular church attendance has steadily declined since the, the turn of the century. Why is that? Why, why are people, you know, deciding to not gather, to not be a part of, of the church? I, I don't know the exact reasons. I'm sure we could all think of different things. There's probably a lot of reasons why people decide... They're, they're not going to come back to church, or they're not going to be a part. What I want to say here is this. Number one, let's not become a part of that, the, 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 the stats that we're not gathering. But secondly, there are so many people out there that need us to reach them. And just what, I think Greg said something this morning that was so very appropriate, I want to reiterate it. We need to be looking around in the pews at the people who aren't here, and we need to reach out to them. Not to say, hey, where have you been? And shame them for not coming, but to, to, to encourage them to come back. To encourage them to be a part of the, the body of Christ here at Creekwood. I'm not, I'm not, we're not going to call out any names here tonight, but I, I can think of so many people when I grew up here as a kid who are no longer here. And, and it makes me sad that so many people have stepped away. But I think that's sometimes a reflection of us not doing our job and saying, we love you, we want you to come back. And we, we, let, we just let it kind of go, let people just walk away. And so we need to be reaching the people that have, have been, not been coming, who have not made it a priority to be here with their brothers and sisters in Christ, to study the word of God, to, to encourage one another. How lonely are people? I wonder about that sometimes. How lonely are people who aren't gathering here? And what are they missing? 
And I, I think what Terry said in his prayer is so very appropriate as well. Like we have so many visitors who step in here and how often are we reaching out to them and, and keeping them here and trying to get them to, to just follow Christ. And so my encouragement for each of us tonight is to think about the people that, that haven't been making it a priority because my guess is that if those of us here tonight, we probably want to be here. And this is something that we're going to do when the doors are open, we're going to be here. Maybe, maybe you needed to hear this tonight and you needed that push, but I, I'm willing to guess most of you probably want to be here and this is a priority for you. But is it a priority for us to reach those who have not been coming, who, who've missed for a long time, who have been slipping through the cracks? It can happen so easily. And even for us as, as ministers sometimes, it, we let things go unnoticed. And we need to start reaching those and helping those who, who have not been coming to, to come back, to, to study, to, to focus on what's most important. Folks, souls are on the line, and that's the most important thing is to save them, bring them back to the fold. So folks, let's make it a priority to be here for worship, for Bible class, for activities. But let's make it a point to reach out to the people who aren't here who really need somebody. You never know what you talking to someone might do. Just one conversation might change their lives, might bring them back and cha change them for the better. But really, we're just calling them to the one who can do the changing, and that's Jesus Christ. That's what we want to do, bring people into a relationship with him. Tonight, maybe, maybe you have been slipping with this. Maybe you haven't been making this a priority. Maybe one of these points has been, been slipping for you, the, the learning and applying scripture or the encouraging one another. And if you need prayers, we'd love to pray with you and for you. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, there's no better time than right now to, to be baptized and to have your sins washed away. Let's make it a priority to be here. Let's make it a point to help those who are not here. If you have any need tonight, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.